For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You know, last year in the Super Bowl, there was lots of bets going on. Uh, a lot of people got nervous when Kansas City was down, even in the fourth quarter. But they pulled through for those Kansas City betters, and they're right back here in the opener this season. So for game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Zacker back with you here as the Clippers take a 3-1 lead in the series over the Nuggets. Alex and I are here to break it down. Uh, Alex, I know you've been you've been keeping up with it up in Italy. Uh, last time we talked was pretty much right before the series, so we've got you know a lot to unpack from these first four games, but uh, obviously a good start for the Clippers, uh, commanding now 3-1 lead uh, in the driver's seat in the series so far. Yeah, sure. Um, the Clippers is playing their basketball. They they playing with great pace and they're doing a great job. You know, uh, making sure uh, these guys aren't running and getting second shots. Shots. You know, so uh, they're playing a great job. You know, I'm 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 really happy the way they're playing and it's it's at elite level as far as the getting to the goal, winning the championship. Yeah, and it's been a it's been interesting so far in these first couple of games. Obviously, each game has its own kind of story and momentum and. You know, predictably, in Game 1, we saw the Clippers kind of really take control and dominate. Denver was coming off that Game 7, seemed pretty exhausted, and they never really competed in that one. And then, you know, Game 2 was honestly a frustrating one for the Clippers because Denver came out hot, Clippers kind of clawed their way back, and seemingly had every chance to kind of come back and and take that game from Denver, but just never could do it. And then, obviously, they've responded in Games 3 and 4, a close win in Game 3, and then a more secure uh, go-away win in Game 4. So they've all been a little bit different, but obviously, especially in these past two games, we've seen the Clippers' defense kind of live up to the potential of what a lot of people feel like it can be with you know really stifling Denver and getting into them physically. Pat Beverly's back. Um, been, a, been a pest that he is. Beverly and uh, Kawhi Leonard are doing an excellent job bringing these guys to the trees as far as Zubox and uh, Moe. And uh, making sure they're not taking second chance, second chances, uh, you know, on the glass. Um, you know, these guys are playing, you know, awesome basketball from the defensive end. Um, I think Pat Beverly and Kawhi Leonard would would they go second team all defense? I think. Yeah, both just recognized with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And they should they should have threw in Mo as well. You know what I mean? He's an animal on the defensive end as well. Um, 
shout out to him for getting the six man award, um, which is awesome. Um, but uh, for the most part, man, I, I just love seeing this basketball where they're stopping and and making plays um, on the defensive end and not giving them second chances. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we've talked about is the ceiling for this team and what they can do defensively. And, you know, of course, Paul George he was out early in the season, but he's another, you know, elite defensive player, and he's done an incredible job on Jamal Murray for a good chunk of this series. And, you know, Evita Zubats, young guy, but he's been incredible defensively. Marcus Morris, you know, you just go down the line and what they're what they're able to do and throw out there with you know, whether it's a, they're playing a big lineup or a small lineup, they have that versatility where they can really defend no matter what. And it, it, mm-hmm. it and it's obviously paid off big time. And and got to throw a big shout-out there as well for, for Lou Williams, who's not known as a great defender at all, but who's put in yes. tremendous effort and has really actually played great defense in this series. You can tell, you know, the effort that he's given, and there's been some talk about his scoring numbers being a little bit down, but... You know, the effort on defense for him has been tremendous, and it's really helped those second-unit lineups. So, you know, another big shout-out there, not only to the known defenders, but also to Lou and Montrez for for coming through and defending when it's not necessarily what they're known for. Yeah, for sure. I think he's buying into the system of actually contributing uh, a lot more and doing the little small things that he needs to do in order to make this team successful. He's also he's you know he he's a he's a weapon on the offensive end for sure. He can get his buckets whenever it's needed. Um, but they need him to lock into the back of playing defense and uh, coming off the bench and just letting the game come to him more than anything. But more being selfish on stopping his man. You know um, he's coming in playing Harris. He did an excellent job. You know Harris, is, you know shut him down. I would say uh, for the most part this uh, this game. Um, just really just picking up, you know, and turning these guys, you know. So I, I, I really, you know, respect what you're saying for sure. Um, he's doing an excellent job on the defense end. Yeah, that's been a big boost for the Clippers. And we mentioned, you know, it's been a team effort, obviously. You know, Beverly and, and Leonard, Marcus Morris kind of switching on Jamal Murray. But for the most part, um, you know, it's been Paul George's assignment, and he has been incredible defensively. You know, he still had mm-hmm. some up and down offensively. He was in big-time foul trouble this past game. But what he's done defensively on Jamal Murray has, has clearly frustrated him. And, you know, you can see such a vast difference from the Jazz series, of course, for Murray when he went off for 50 a couple times. He averaged 32, shot 55% in this series, averaging just under 18 points a game and shooting 38%. Uh, so Paul George yeah. is has really made life difficult for Murray, and that's been been a big key because, you know, Denver runs everything pretty much exclusively through Jokic and Murray, and with one of those guys struggling big time, that has obviously helped the Clippers in, in building this 3-1 lead. Yeah, that's a huge dent in the shield for uh, Denver, um, making sure that Murray is, um, you know, not going off like he normally does and uh, putting these guys in pick-and-roll situations to having the Joker happen to come out and defend the pick-and-roll um, you got Zubac, you got Mo rolling extremely hard, finishing strong. So they're in jeopardy right now, figuring out what they need to do and how to play this thing, you know. Yeah, and I'm curious if you, you saw what your thoughts are. I know Michael Porter Jr., who, of course, has had some really nice moments offensively. You know, he he looked frustrated in the postgame. You know, he had a big first half and then barely touched the ball in the second half. And, you know, essentially in the, in the postgame press conference kind of, 
threw his coaches under the bus a little bit, you know, talking about them running the offense through through Jokic and Murray and how the team needs to include other players more. Um, you know, that's obviously can be a valid complaint, but bringing that out in the media in playoff time, you know, a lot of players, including Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal, kind of spoke out against that on Twitter and thought that it was the wrong thing. So what are your thoughts yeah. on, on Porter in, in that situation? Well, I think I think Porter's young. Um, he's eager and he, he, he wants to play. Um, you know, fresh legs with that with that age, you, you feel like you can, you know, jump to the moon. You can do phenomenal things. But, you know, you got to pay your dues. That's the most important thing. You know what I mean? Uh, this isn't his team. Murray and the Joker, this is their team. You know what I mean? The offenses ran through these guys, and the coaches relying on these guys to get it done. Now, whatever you bring to the table, Porter, is, you know, a high level, you know, what we what they want. But as far as what you want right now, they can't give it to you. You know what I mean? And you got to be able to make cuts, getting easy buckets, getting, you know, getting to that rebounding position where you can get the offensive rebounds, you know, and putbacks. Running the floor, you know what I mean? Just being uh, a gnat at that. And guys get paid at a high level doing this, you know what I mean? But for you wanting more right now, um, I understand it. It's ideal, but you just got to pay your dues for the most part right now. No shot to him at all because Porter's doing an amazing job, you know what I mean? I think he had like 15 points this game, uh, this past game. And um, he did a great job, you know what I mean, for, for his age for sure. Yeah, no, he's a tremendous offensive talent. And like you said, some of his his gripes are probably valid of getting him more involved in the offense. But like you said, it's, it's, it's a, youth, a youthful thing. But, you know, taking that to the media, not addressing it with your teammates, you know, directly, I'm yeah. sure it was something that the, the coaching staff and team will talk to him about and, you know, didn't love, I'm sure, after that game. Yeah, for sure. And, and you got you to gotta think of this, too. Like, you came off for like a really career-ending injury right now. You know yeah. what I mean? So they're going to play you with little minutes. They know what they're doing. They're not going to – they see a future in you right now. You know, I know you want to play and, you know, boast and, and, and show that you can, you know, be one of these elite players, which you can't be, and they see that. That's why you're on the court and on the floor. Um, but for right now, they're monitoring your minutes and they're playing you the way they think that you can be, you know, a spotlight for them right now. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see – what effect that has on, on the next game and we know this 3-1 lead for the Clippers something that's really stood out to me uh, is you know the adjustments that Doc Rivers and the coaching staff have made uh, and just how they manage the minutes of these players and you know of course you know Paul George was in foul trouble so you know throwing that out the window the Clippers still the past couple of games have shortened their rotation it's pretty much been a nine-man group with you know Reggie Jackson kind of being the odd man out we've seen Shamit and Lou get those guard minutes, and then it's been Jamichael Green and Montres Harrell, along with the starting five of, you know, Beverly, George, yeah. Morris, Leonard, and Zubats. And, uh, you know, on top of that, we've seen what people have been calling for pretty much all year. Zubats, especially in this matchup, kind of getting more minutes and playing in those closing stretches. And again, here in this game, nearly 30 minutes for Zoo, and he again responded with a very efficient 11 points, nine rebounds, couple of blocks, and you know, just trying to defend Jokic as well as he possibly can. Yeah, Zubac is, man, shout out to Zubac. He's doing an amazing job. Um, since he's gotten the starting role, he's pretty much down there been averaging like a double-double. Um, he's been playing an excellent game, you know what I mean, throughout the postseason. Um, 
I, I can't say nothing but good things about this dude. This dude is really doing his role to a high level right now. So, um, Box is, is got my candidate for you know an uh, uh, X factor for sure in the series. Yeah, and then like you said, it's just you know, granted he's a young guy too, but just talking about someone who, as you just alluded to, knows his role and just kind of stars in it perfectly. He doesn't try to do too much. He knows there's not going to be any real plays called for him, but sets hard picks, runs the floor, you know, finishes well on rolls and the pick and roll and on yeah. offensive rebounds and, and provides great defense. So it's just a, kind of a perfect complement to have that type of player with a team that has, you know, prolific scores and ball handlers that are going to have the ball in their hands more often to have someone who doesn't necessarily need it but can still contribute. No, no question. And, and those guys are hard to find, especially in a league full of guys that actually want to just, you know, be seen. Um, role players are, 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 you know, really hard to find that can do what he does and just be a quiet ghost. But you wake up and he has, you know, 15 to 18 points and he's shooting six for 10 or something like that, all layups. He, you know what I mean? So yeah. he's doing a great job from that standpoint. One thing that I want to say, though, that if you name the list of these guys from the bench on down, it's something that Denver doesn't have. You know what I mean? They don't have a bench at all. And that's the thing that's really killing them. Uh, we're barring out right now as well. Um, who's going to pick up the slack? You know, we, we mentioned Porter is, that's doing a great job. But, you know, from his age, that's all he can do. They need a bench right now that can actually help them. That's the most important thing I think they need. Yeah, that's a great point because obviously you mentioned Porter and his 15 points. But outside of that, virtually no production from, from the bench for Denver. You know, they only played... Mason Plumley nine minutes. Monte Morris played 16, but only scored five points, one of six. Torrey Craig, 0 for 3 from the field. And then, you know, Paul Millsap started, but only played 14 minutes and only had three points. So, you know, they played basically eight, nine guys as well. And only Porter off the bench was a factor. And so, they, yeah, as you said, the supporting cast for Denver outside of Jokic, who's been great. We talked about Murray's struggles. Uh, Gary Harris, after a great game, too, has kind of come back down to earth, and, and Jeremy Grant as well. So, yeah, their depth is uh, is struggling, uh, and the absence of a score like Will Barton is definitely noticeable. Yes, for sure. Yep. So with this uh, with this 3-1 lead, Alex, we know that uh, obviously Denver just came back from a 3-1 lead in the last round. The last time the Clippers, although, it, you know, five years ago, it's probably the most painful and hard to think about memory for Clippers fans ever. The 3-1 lead they blew to the Rockets. So the last time they were here, it didn't end well. Um, how important is it for the Clippers, granted they have some some wiggle room, but to try to close this thing out sooner rather than later, you know, with the opportunity coming up uh, tomorrow in Game 5 to, to close this thing out on a Denver team that still has proven that they're, they're tough despite it being a, a big advantage for the Clippers right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, just getting over that hump will be, you know, um, uh, a great thing and a great feeling for the Clippers, for sure. I know, you know, the ghost of Christmas past is, is <laughs> in their mind. <laughs> and uh, you don't want to think about it, but, you know, history is what it is, you know. So you can use that to your advantage or your disadvantage, you know. Um, the more you think about it, it can be to your disadvantage. But you just got to go take this game and do the exact same thing which you did um, and just go at these guys' chest, you know what I mean? They they didn't back down. I've seen them playing a lot of one-on-one with Mo, uh, putting 
the Joker in, you know, situations where he can't guard and move laterally. So um, they got to continue to do that. Um, they got to put him in, you know, situations. He is going to get his points, you know, 26 points. He's playing uh, his game. You know, somebody's going to actually be, you know, a star on this team. But for the most part, they got to play the other end of the court. And you got to make sure that you go at these guys like they're doing every single time they catch the ball and not settle. So um, that's the most important thing. Just play their game and stay aggressive. Yeah, that's something we talked about in our last episode with Fred Jones. And, you know, he was confident that this could be a series the Clippers could take control of and, and end pretty early. And so far, you know, that's held true. Uh, and we talked about what you were just mentioning as well. You know, the Joker and Murray and Porter, great offense players, but players that you can kind of exploit on the other end, and especially in the case of, of Jokic and, uh, and Porter. And we've seen the Clippers do that kind of relentlessly, put those guys in the pick and roll, take those straight line drives right at Jokic, go around him, get to the rim, and kind of create those rotations. And it's worked out really well for them on the offensive end, even when if they didn't make all the shots they could have made last game, but still kind of attacking them defensively and making them work yeah for sure i think i think the key that they're having um is pace and i and i say this a lot is because the pace that the clippers are playing um denver is trying to catch up to it but they're playing at their pace they're confident and slowing the game down for them uh these guys want to run they want to run they want you to make careless mistakes on offense so they can shoot threes countless threes but if they're slowing down timid and getting to their spots, um, like Kawhi Leonard is doing, uh, pump faking, getting these guys in foul trouble, looking for uh, penetrating gaps into the to the weakness of their defense and dropping it off, you know, and, and these guys are finishing like this, it's going to be a nightmare for them to try to come back and uh, defeat the Clippers. Yeah, and to the Clippers' credit, you know, they're, they, they're saying all the right things. They're focused, you know. Doc Rivers was asked about one win away from getting out of the first round for this franchise for the first time ever, and you know he responded that no one in that locker room even cares about that. That's not the ultimate goal, of course. And yeah. I think if one thing to take solace in uh, with all that history and all those demons that are out there is that uh, if there's a player who probably doesn't even think about it or no- notice it, it's got to be Kawhi Leonard. He's just he's he's locked in, uh, and he's been. Outside of the one game, literally game two, where he had a poor shooting night, he has been dominant through every single game of these playoffs. And again, in game four, he led every statistical category for both teams. Points, rebounds, steals, blocks, assists. He was a a force, uh, and he's been doing it on both ends of the court. I mean, he's, he's, he's been amazing, man. Like, he's he's almost makes you numb of actually knowing like okay he's not going to have a bad game you don't you just look past it he has 36 27 points it's like ah okay whatever you know what i mean like it's like given to him yeah. to this point of how much of a machine he is and how detailed he is and um he's the all around player he does everything you know what i mean nothing in that stats that he can't do that he produces at a high level so um, to have that on your team and not worry about it, man, that's awesome. To have a closer like that as well on your team is awesome. You know what I mean? To have a leader like that and a man of, of, of straight action, you know, something that this team needs. Um, they've got enough voices from, from Pat Beverly 
(laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, that's, that's what these guys need. And he does, he does it every team he's been on from, from the Spurs, from the Raptors, um, you know, hopefully he will do it here and, uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure to watch. And you said the numbers in the last game, which is, as, as we said, outside of one game all playoffs were were dominant again 30 points 11 rebounds nine assists four steals two blocks you know 39 minutes and we kind of saw it throughout the year and we were talking about it before the shutdown of you know there was some of the frustration of the load management and everything but it obviously has paid off he looks as athletic as strong as ever and you know playing you know nearly 40 minutes a game in these playoffs and you know not missing a beat at all yeah Speaking of athletic, did you see that block that he did with one finger? <laughs> of course. I was going to ask you the same thing. That was insane. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, we already know about Leonard's, you know, crazy giant hands, but, you know, how strong are the fingers <laughs> to get a block? <laughs> one finger, man. That yeah. Was crazy. Just that send was it crazy. away with the middle finger at the end was, uh, was just incredible. It was a, a great cap on a tough game and just, yeah, wild yeah. play. Yeah. I mean, he does this. I mean, think about him hitting that shot against the 76ers and it's bouncing five, six, seven times. You know what I mean? Those those type of buckets and type of plays that he makes, he does that, that you be like, wow, what the, re- rewind that again. Let me see that again. <laughs> Zoom in. Like, what the hell? Yeah, so he's a, he's a, he's a, He's an alien, man, for sure. Yeah, and we've and we talked about it a little bit this year too. But you know, when you talk about the great, the best players in the game, and of course LeBron is always in that conversation, and something that always kind of separates LeBron from everyone else outside of his superhuman strength is his ability to pass the ball. And we've seen Leonard get so much better at becoming a facilitator and a great passer. And we saw the nine yeah. assists in this game, but he's making some tremendous passes when he's been double teamed and seemingly always making the right pass and right online and you know his development as a true playmaker on top of being a great scorer has just led to such dynamic results offensively for the clips yeah for sure i think the trust factor is there for this team uh him knowing that they're going to make the right plays and uh he's not having to be so assertive into pounding the ball and dribbling and trying to take on double teams because they're coming for him. So, um, with that being said, you're right, man. He's been making excellent plays, um, reading off the double team, and he got guys that can catch the ball. Zubox is a, is a brick, you know what I mean, with soft hands, and he does his job at a high level. And, and Moe is catching every single thing from lobs to bounce passes. And uh, it looks amazing when these guys are playing, you know, a two-ball game with the pick and roll. Yeah, and it really does, and it, it, it's funny too because the Clippers, as we said, their defense has been really tremendous, especially the last game in particular. But you know, the offense has been up and down in terms of shooting numbers, and you know, Kawhi has been great, but the three-point shooting numbers are outside of Marcus Morris, who's been on fire, shooting fifty-three yeah. percent from downtown. They're actually pretty low, thirty-three percent as a team. Lou Will has struggled from three. Uh, Patrick Beverly struggled from three. Kawhi has not shot the three well. Uh, and it mm-hmm. hasn't really mattered because, as you said, mm-hmm. the defense has been there and they're able to score and, and, you know, beat Denver in other ways. So it lets you yeah. know that if they start hitting these shots that the, you know, the, the room to grow and, and improve even more is there because they've had a lot of open yeah. looks also that haven't gone down. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know the statistics as far as how many threes they're taking, but to me, by watching them play, it seems like they're taking less threes than, you know, other NBA teams for sure. So that statistic is kind of like, um, you know, uh, a way where they're not taking that many threes, but at the same time, the shots they are taking, they're missing, understandably, but they're taking a lot of twos. They're getting to the basket a lot more. They got guys like Paul George and Kawhi is getting the 15-footer, which is a lost arc, and knocking these shots down at a great percentage as well. So um, they're picking up the slack with that. As as far as the rebounding, um, they're phenomenal with that. But the most important thing they're doing is, is actually making their free throws. You know, I think Kawhi was perfect from the free throw line, and these guys are really getting to the line and, and concentrating and knocking those things down too as well, which are huge. Yeah, I mean, right to your point, uh, Denver has attempted 137 threes in these four games. The Clippers won 15, so 22 more three-point attempts. But the Clippers' defense, Denver's only made six more despite those 22 more attempts. And and on the rebounding front, like you said, Clippers plus 20 in the series on the glass. And that's often, as we said, not necessarily with the biggest lineups out there. So they've done a great job of kind of team rebounding, gang rebounding. And, you know, that's another area where underratedly Patrick Beverly again makes such a difference where he kind of flies in for offensive rebounds and and gives them extra extra possessions which are important in in a lot of these close games yep for sure yep Uh, what's your what's your predictions uh this next game what do you think what do you think Jeff you know there's always the worry about a little bit of a letdown and letting this thing get to game six but I think the Clippers, their level of focus is just rising and rising. I expect them to come out with that right energy again. And, you know, Denver, you kind of alluded to it when we were talking before we started. You know, they've had games where they've looked really confident, but when the Clippers bring the physicality and kind of hit them with a punch, there's been a couple of games where Denver has, has kind of let go of the rope a little bit. And I think if the Clippers come out with a strong first quarter, a strong effort right away, uh, they can get Denver discouraged and end this thing. So... I think if they come with the right mindset, that's just going to happen. And, you know, knock on wood here, Clippers do that and get it done and, and win this one in five. Going into it, I predicted uh, Clippers to win this series in five, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, what do you okay. think? No, I, I think you're, you, you're definitely right about that. Um, what you said, they kind of back up and started like, whoa. I think that happened to them in the first quarter when they was like timid and like, getting hit first instead of getting hit and then they kind of like it was too late for them to react I think the first quarter actually the game was already determined I think they had like 12 points that that quarter and now they were trying to play catch-up ball uh, from that point so um, they have to know um, that they have to come out and be more assertive as far as uh, getting to that glass and pounding it in the in, in the paint um, but it might be too late for these guys, you know what I mean, to change their game and their style of play. Um, when, it's, when, it's, when it's like this right now, I think it's going to be too late for them, and I think the Clippers are going to have their advantage for sure um, this game. Yeah, and the first quarter has been important all series long. The one game that Denver won, of course, they they went nuts and put up 44 first quarter points, and you know that was a wow. game the Clippers tried to come back in, but as you said, in like in game four, it was kind of just decided with that, that one quarter. So uh, we saw the reverse of that in game four, and I think the Clippers, hopefully, they learned their lesson from that one loss, and they've looked a lot better since. And I think, you know, as you said, Denver's been competitive for sure, and they're talented, but 
I think the Clippers know if they play the level of defense they're capable of that, that they can end the series on Friday. Yeah, for sure. All right, Alex, before we before we get out of here, um, just want to get your thoughts on the other series that have gone on. Obviously, Milwaukee upsetting, or excuse me, Miami upsetting Milwaukee. Uh, yeah. You know, Giannis's injury played at the end of that, but Miami was outclassing them even before that happened. You got Toronto and Boston, incredible game the other night. They're going to game seven. And then, of course, the Lakers and the Rockets, uh, they've got game four coming up as we record this on a Thursday. So, that, that series is 2-1 as we record now. But your thoughts on the three other series that are going on right now in the, in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I, I got to I gotta raise my hand when I'm wrong. I, I, I wanted uh, Milwaukee to bounce back and give a shot to uh, the Heat, and I was definitely wrong. Um, it was too late. These guys, these guys, Miami Heat, are dogs, you know what I mean? And uh, they've been playing with that, that tenacity of, going to get it and, and they they spotting blood in the water they're, they're sharks right now so uh, they have been playing a great job all the way through the series and giving uh, you know the number one team a run for their money uh, the Milwaukee Bucks um, sad to see it go like that and I hope Giannis is okay uh, moving forward um, what what happened to him actually did he hit his he twisted his ankle or something like that yeah he had already had a, a sprained ankle was playing on it and kind of retweaked it so they you know after the, at that point they didn't want to put any extra risk on it so yeah they had him uh, sit out game five yeah I, I mean shoot that's smart they don't want to do something that that Golden State should have did you know what I mean and destroyed their whole franchise by trying to play these guys um, in the playoffs last year so. yeah. He, he has a big contract coming up. They got to be smart about that, not throwing him in the water uh, with these sharks and trying to have him come back and mess up his knee or do something crazy like that. You know? So, yeah. Uh, I but, think it's, it was a great call for them. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. That was the uh, the first series all playoffs long that uh, I predicted incorrectly. I had Milwaukee too, and and obviously Miami uh, made it clear they were dominant in that series and. and they look like they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, sure. But uh, you know what's, what's, what's more exciting than the – I shouldn't say more exciting than the Clippers by no means, but the Lakers and Rockets is, is a high-level offensive team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Seeing LeBron James running down, chasing down these blocks is crazy at his age. You know what I mean? And I'm like, damn, this dude, is, he's, a, he's a machine. He's another machine like, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard. So uh, it's great watching these guys play, um, watching Kuzman uh, do an elite job on the defensive end and locking down. Uh, I like I like that series. Um, I'm not going to say anything about what I predict because I've been wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to watch that series <laughs> and see what happens, you know. But uh, I definitely would like to see the Lakers win, to see a L.A. Uh, battle that everybody's wanted to see from this point on. But um, I think uh, it's going to be a neck-and-neck game to Game 7 for sure with those two. Yeah, that's a fun series. Uh, and, yeah, as you said, we're all kind of – we've been anticipating Clippers and Lakers all year. So we're seeming like we're heading on that course. You know, Houston now missing Daniel House in that series with him potentially being under investigation for bringing a girl up to his room. So that's a big loss for the Rockets. Yeah. So. Um, oh my god! <laughs> so I mean, they're already short on depth, and now missing one of their key guys. So 
Uh, not the not the best time for that to happen for House and the Rockets either. Come on, man! How <laughs> you guys think you're gonna sneak anybody in a bubble? Come on, man! You know they got cameras there. <laughs> That's not. Sp- oh my gosh! Yeah. So uh, so we'll see. We'll see what the investigation comes out with that. But uh, it's another another advantage for the Lakers and might bring us closer to that Clippers Lakers matchup we've all been we've been waiting for. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in. Tune in. All right, so we got the Clippers Nuggets game five will be on Friday. It's uh, a little bit earlier start time. They're the early game, the three thirty p.m. game um, with, the, with the Raptors and Celtics game seven coming on after that. So uh, earlier start, but Clippers going to try to close it out, and uh, we'll be back here to break it on down uh, on the next episode. Yep, yep. I need that early start, man, because I'm I'm all the way out here in Italy, nine hour difference. So. Please, thank you, NBA. Let me get to the game, to the live game. Gee whiz. There we go. Got get it live for for Alex over there, and uh, even better, we'll have much more to talk about on our next one. Alex, thanks as always, and uh, stay safe out there. Okay, for sure. Thank you, guys. That's it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. As you heard, Clippers Nuggets game five, three thirty p.m. on the West Coast. Clippers going to try to close it out, and we'll see if they can do it. As we said, we'll be back to break it on down right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Follow us on all the social media. Go to Believe.com. There's so many shows out there with a lot covering the NBA playoffs as well. So we'll talk to you again soon. Clippers Nuggets, 3-1 lead for the Clips. See if they can close it out. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.